With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good people. Ah, yeah, you know what it is. Hard worker, scrappy, unfiltered, and sometimes unhinged football content. Hard to explain, but you know it when you see it. Doing it daily, our way. I don't know what you're talking about right now. Redraft and Dynasty Fantasy Football, we got you covered. You know their defense is ranked like 31st in the NFL? NFL draft prospects and rookies? Now you know you're in the right place for that. Absolutely. All right, then stop saying it. Then we're done. And prop bets with my man Jay Rich. Count that money, man. Now wipe the crust out of your eyes. Get you a cup of coffee. It's time to wake your ass up with Ray G. You honestly are making absolutely no sense and you sound silly as hell. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good people. It is Wednesday, April the 20th, 2022, 420 here on Wake Up with Ray G. Jay Ridge, what up, baby? How you doing this morning, big dog? I'm good, man. I'm good. It's it's funny you mention that because I've been seeing 420 ads every day on Twitter. <laughs> every day. Because, you know, people who don't know weed's legal in Canada. So those yep. dispensaries, man, they got to get their ads out. They got to pr- promote their stuff. But here we are. You know, it's been know. a good day. I didn't t- know it was legal in Canada, man. I didn't know you y'all did? were just... No, nah, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. So y'all just got dispensaries and... So oh, cool, dispensaries man. left and right. You go down the street five minutes, you got one dispensary. The other way, five minutes, you got another one. It's it's crazy, man. They're popping up all over the place. Man, I went um I went to Colorado a couple of months ago for work, and it was my first time in a long time experiencing just walking in and just oh, let me get a little bit of that and a little bit of that. Let me get some of those that are already pre rolled for me. Just just walk down the street with like it was just it was an amazing feeling so yeah uh, I, I don't know if you partake in the devil's lettuce but if so if you celebrate this glorious holiday uh have fun enjoy and if you don't then you know stay away from the gr- gateway drug the crack cocaine <laughs> is what some people like to say but ro good morning dynasty barry in the building james marlin um johnny's in the building ty uh kb kbd kbd my boy kbd in the building lucas Lindsay mack ricardo josh uh joe was in here joe's in the building sam brown fourth and wings wings podcast what's going on everybody happy to see y'all alex what's up um jay uh what did uh where's mike a at where's mike a at we're definitely gonna talk basketball for 40 oh, he's minutes there. if mike a is in he's the there building. if mike a oh mike a is in the building Ah, uh, Suns and Pelicans, uh, Timberwolves were ass. Who else do we need to talk about? Because I know that's what Mike A tuned in for. But nah, we are following the NBA playoffs. If you kind of watched our videos that we post after the fact, we do NBA prop bets, and it was it was a solid night for us last night, Jay. We had it was a profitable night. Could have been a little better. Uh, Jaron Jackson failed us by .06 for his fantasy score, but. Overall, the uh, the betting model is working well, and I just want to let y'all know. So we plan on doing a contest during the season. Uh, for those of you who have access to prize picks, we are going to, throughout the NFL season, we're going to pick um, pick a game every week, 
and then we're going to have like a set amount of prop bets that we bet on, and it's the same shit that we do for fantasy. Rushing yards, receptions, receiving yards. We're going to have a leaderboard that we're going to review every week, and the winner at the end of the regular season is going to get a nice prize from old GQ. I don't know if we're going to put in and it's going to be cash prize, if it's going to be giveaways of helmets and jerseys or a combination of the both, but it's going to be hella fun. So uh, make sure you're tapped in. Make sure you subscribe to Prize Picks. Use the promo code register. They give you a hundred bucks, all that good stuff. Subscribe to the podcast, 4D Chess, Mike and Adam doing dope stuff. If you want to know about like what's happening in 2024, 2025, make sure you're tapped into Benny, uh, Ben Eby's Elite Seeker show. And then I can Eugene with Off the Line, sort of covering everything from redraft perspective, dynasty. Make sure you're tapped in. And Jay, can we announce that we have a new show coming to the lineup real, real soon? I'm so excited about this. What do we what do we have coming to the old film guys uh dynasty podcast atmosphere? What's what's on the what's on the horizon? I mean, it's a little early because it's still I think we're planning for a June launch, right? I don't give with, a shit. With, Talk about it. With our main man, Jordan Backus, he's uh, he's finishing up his school, but once he's done school, man, he's going to be diving headfirst into the content. He's the director of all of our analytics, and he's going to be launching a podcast around analytics and how he sees them, explaining them, and kind of the way that we do Dynasty and the way that he gives us this information and makes it easy to digest for us. So for us, it's great because we have a lot of guys that talk ball, but we don't have anybody who talks numbers. And so JB is going to be bringing that to the podcast feed. And we'll probably do a show with him at some point for the first episode. But we want to make sure that you guys know that it's coming very soon. He's me talking numbers. He's me explaining data and doing a lot. Oh, yes. Jo- Joe, yes. Yes. We, we roasted Ray for this yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Uh... Anyways, Joe, yeah, man, I got to get that workout in after the show. But no, Jordan Backus, director of analytics, he's going to be bringing a numbers-focused podcast to the channel. We'll get him on here to talk all things numbers, to talk all things hit rates, to talk all things spreadsheets and crazy shit like that. So I'm excited. Jorgen from Germany is in the building. Good afternoon to you, uh, Jorgen, my good friend, my good buddy. Uh, But Jay, we um, we saw a mock drop last night by two of titans two titans in the industry and say what you want um about their accuracy level they've got some level of knowledge on the inside on the inside they've got some level of knowledge but the same way that we collab every single day mel kuyper and todd mcshay decided to collaborate and give us a joint mock draft how many rounds did mel and old old melly mel and todd give us did he give us did they give us three rounds yeah, three rounds. It's crazy because when I saw it, I was like, it just feels almost as if neither of them knew what to do that day. And so they're like, oh, we'll just do a joint mock draft. And so they alternated picks. They explained back and forth why they liked the picks. It was really funny, like within the actual mock draft. And if anyone, anyone wants to check it out, the link is in the description. But they actually gave the commentary of the picks like to each other. So it's like, Todd, what do you think of this pick? I think they're going to go this direction. It's like, bro, we're reading this. This isn't a podcast. So it was just funny to see yeah. how it came together. But um, it's interesting mock. You know, it's it's a little chalky for my for my liking. But again, these are two guys, like you said, that are tapped in, that have plenty of sources. So w- say what you they want do. about the mock, but overall, they do know more than we do. So it's it's hard they to do. critique them too much about what they decide to pick with these picks. Yeah, we'll, we'll pick some fun at some of the picks. But ultimately, like you said, I mean, they do have a level of connection that we don't, right? Um, our highest level of connection to the NFL draft is Brees Hall's mother and Fred Spiller. We've got the dad of one running back. and And now... 
I want to know, did you all see, and I got to pull the tweet up. Uh, listen, he's one of the sharpest minds in the Dynasty space, Dwayne McFarlane. Um, did some stuff with Establish the Run. I don't know if Dwayne is still with Establish the Run or if he's just um, PFF exclusive. Uh, but he posted a tweet yesterday. Let me pull this up, Jay, because I wanted violence. I, I chose violence when I retweeted this. Okay, okay, where's it at? That's Jahan Dotson. That's Kyrie Irving cussing everybody out. Where's the Where's the tweet at? It was basically essentially saying, this had to have been yesterday, so I don't know why I'm scrolling Is it the one about so Kenneth Walker? What'd you say? No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, no, no, no. It's not Kenneth Walker. No, no. It's not. A, it's not the one. It's this one right here. All right. Let me let me post it. Let me post this on the. Let me post this on the screen. Let me give him. Let me give him some credit. Let's do this. Dwayne McFarland. That way, his Twitter's on there. You can see all the likes and all that shit. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Let's drop it on the screen. All right. Interesting nugget from Doug on a few players that could go higher oh, yeah. than expected in the draft. John Mechie, second round. Calvin Austin, second round. Zay Spiller, early second round. And if you dive into the article, it talks about a lot of scouts and GMs liking the raw talent, the young, the youthfulness of one Spiller. I mean, I don't even want to focus on Spiller. I want to talk about Calvin Austin for a quick second, Jay. This dude is, what, 5'7", 5'7", 175. And he's old, too. He's not if, young. If, just your opinion. If he gets drafted in the second round, how high are you willing to bet on that archetype of wide receiver? For fantasy, I'm not talking NFL. Like, I think he's going to be a solid NFL weapon. But in fantasy, how are you chasing that no. again? We did that with Rondell last year. Are you doing no, no, no. With... Don't, don't even compare him to Rondell. Okay. That's disrespectful. Okay. This is Tutu Atwell's level of taking a guy high because he can return the ball and he's fast and he's shifty, you know, and he's agile. Um, you know, for me, it's late third. Again, like, what has Tutu Atwell done since being drafted by the Rams? Sure, he was a second-round pick. I get it. But at the end of the day, these guys just don't really make it in the NFL. And while I do like Calvin Austin, I just don't – I just see him as Tutu Atwell. And while Tutu Atwell was a great player at Louisville, very dynamic, great yard per reception, broke out, all these things. Calvin Austin's also an older prospect playing at Memphis for, I believe, four years plus the pandemic year. So I just I'm out. Like he I don't. There that if long? you get him at a, yeah, man, he was there for a long time. People thought he might come out last year, but he didn't. He stayed back another year, and you know he, like you said, he, he's shifty, he's quick, looks good at the Senior Bowl. But I don't really want him unless it's, it's maybe a third round pick bowl. or a late third. So uh, again, if he goes in the second, I wouldn't be shocked. You know, two two. I will went in the second, and I was shocked, but I'm not going to be as shocked this time around. And uh, I just don't think I'm going to be taking him. I don't know where you're at with Austin. He's fine, but I think third round, probably late third round, if it was me. Bruning is saying Austin is a di- is different as a separator. Ninety of his ninety percent of his plays were from the outside. Um, I don't know, man. Um, I don't know. It's tough, man. Like I just, I just, am, I am not. I just don't want to chase that archetype of wide receiver anymore, man. It's just very difficult unless you're telling me Calvin Austin is the second coming of Steve Smith. You know what I mean? This undersized wide receiver that has the potential to be a dominant X. Like the fact that Steve Smith was able to do what he did throughout his NFL career at five foot nine, when the rules were skewed towards the, the defender, you know, like uh, they didn't have all this like early in his career where you can't touch guys and you can't get hit over the middle, like towards the end of his career. Yes. The rules had changed. Um, But I think um, uh, that that's just a bet that I'm, personally not willing to take so I thought that was just an interesting nugget about and they're not he's not the first person to say 
that people are higher on Calvin Austin. I think I think we said it yesterday, man. I don't know if we said it, it on, on the show or if we talked about it in the Discord. I think this class is filled up with a bunch of players who are going to be really good in the NFL, like good for an NFL team, help fit an offense, open things up for an offense, be a good offensive team fit. I just don't think that that many of them are going to be fantasy superstars. You know what I mean? Maybe we shouldn't be chasing fantasy superstars anyway. Maybe we should just be chasing guys that can score, that can get on the damn field, and then, you know, if they progress throughout their careers, um, they, they could turn into something. But um, I, I don't want to spend too much time on, on, on Calvin Austin. I just thought it was interesting and seeing a lot of, a lot of smoke around him of late, and that's what we're going to get. We're eight days out from the NFL draft, so it's going to be a lot of smoke. Everybody in here, we will be doing an NFL draft stream um, night one of the NFL draft. I'll be going live. Jay will pop in and out. I'll probably have some guests pop in and out. And just talking about the picks, reacting, talking all this. Um, Friday morning, next Friday, so we normally do not do a wake-up show on Fridays. Next Friday morning, we will. I will be doing the wake-up show. Uh, Jay's got a, Jay's got some business he's got to handle, so he won't be here. So it'll just be me. It'll be me and y'all. So Friday morning after the draft, we will be tapping in and, and talking, you know, first-round review. We will be doing that. And then Friday evening, we will be doing a live stream to really dive into round two and round three of the NFL draft. And that's where I think we're going to see a lot of fantasy-relevant guys come off of the board in round two and round three. So Friday should be the running back show. Uh, Thursday should be the wide receiver show. But make sure y'all are tapped in. Um, we're not doing this big hoopla over it. Y'all know what it is. Y'all know where to tap into to get the goods, to get that good shit, to get that blue magic. Y'all know where to come. So be there. Thursday night, Friday morning, Friday night, we're giving it to you, giving it to you, giving it to you. And then Sunday, after you get out of church, we're going to give it to you one more time. After you feel all clean and and and, and holy, we're going to give it to you one more time on Sunday with some special shit that we do after the draft. So that's sort of the lineup rolling into next week. But let's talk about this mock, man. Let's talk about this mock. All right. Round one. Round one, Jay. Just hit us with a group of like five because I've, I've already eaten up a shit ton of time. Um, so just give, give us a group of five. All right. So let's start with Carolina. And so Carolina, who do they take? Ray, are they going quarterback here? Just and give us the, picks. yeah, they just are. Give, just give us the <laughs> damn picks, man. Who, Malik who Willis at take? six. Malik Willis at six. Then you got the Atlanta Falcons going wide receiver, taking Garrett Wilson. You got the Jets at 10 going Drake London. You got the Eagles at 15 going Jamison Williams. And then you got the Saints at 19 going Chris Olave. So there's your top 20 fantasy relevant players. In order, Carolina, Malik Willis, Atlanta, Garrett Wilson. The Jets take Drake London. The Eagles take Jamison Williams. And the Saints take Chris Olave with their second pick at 19. All right, pretty chalky. What do you, uh, Garrett Wilson in Atlanta, wide receiver one. Do you think that's when he would go off the board for most dynasty gamers? If, if London goes to the Jets, and we're not really loving that, and J-Mo goes to Philly, and Olave goes to the Saints. Is it is it probably going to be Garrett Wilson that most people draft as the wide receiver one? Yeah, I think so. I think least target competition as well, right? Like, yeah, Pitts is there, but he will be the wide receiver one outside, right? And that's really what they need, whether it's London, whether it's Wilson. And it seems for whatever reason that Atlanta doesn't – you don't see Atlanta mocked Drake, Drake London mm -hmm. a lot. It's really mm -hmm. just Garrett Wilson. They seem to be all in on Garrett Wilson. They don't seem to be very in on Jamison Williams. So it seems like Garrett Wilson are bust for them at eight. And then the interesting thing, right, is Carolina didn't take 
Kenny Pickett. They took Malik Willis. Yeah. Again, it's just the talent. They think the talent is, is better with Malik Willis, so they went that direction. And then the Saints take an Olave. I don't hate it. Don't love it. Um, I think it's a great pick from a scheme perspective. I think we know what Michael Thomas can do. I think we know what Chris Olave can do. They kind of do similar things and, and can combine very well in an offense, uh, but I still think they need a bit more of a field stretcher. But again, JMO is already off the board, so there's nothing really they can do there. All right. Uh, so go ahead, hit us with uh, pick twenty. Where do they have these guys going? These are and these are uh, this is Kuiper's picks. So the, this is these next two are Kuiper's pick. Go with Pittsburgh, and then we'll stop at uh, just go Pittsburgh through Detroit. Finish off the first round. All right, so to end up the first round, you got Pittsburgh taking Kenny Pickett. You got Green Bay taking Christian Watson at 22. You got Kansas City taking Jahan Dodson. And then Detroit taking Desmond Ritter at 32. And then they did note in the mock draft that they expect Kansas City to trade up. And so that's something we've talked about a lot, but it's something they did comment on is that while they didn't have any trades in this mock, they do expect Kansas City to trade up with 29 and 30 to get a higher end wide receiver. But here they just mocked them Jahan Dodson because that was who available at the time. So again, 20, Kenny Pickett to Pitt. 22, Green Bay took Christian Watson. 29, the Chiefs took Jahan Dodson. And then Detroit took Desmond Ritter at 32, getting that fifth year option on the quarterback. Where's Traylon? Where's Traylon at? Did you did you skip Traylon? Oh, you know what? Man, I'm sorry, man. Traylon is in here. He was 23 to Arizona. I don't know why I deleted that. Yeah, the, I'm, I'm trying game. to understand what's going on. Where where the hell is Traylon Burks? Uh, so Kenny Pickett to Pittsburgh, he's going to sit behind Trubisky. Um, Christian Watson to Green Bay, that's the one where I think people would overreact and go crazy. If if Christian Watson, make sure you got the other all the other players in the rounds while I talk through Jay. If Green Bay drafts Christian Watson. <sighs> I'd be interested to see where he goes in rookie drafts. I mean, he's going back at the first, early second right now. Oh, people will people will kind of flip out. I think I think there's a good chance that if Christian Watson goes to Green Bay, I'm not doing it. I talked about this with Josh Larkey last night. Uh, tap into my podcast with Josh Larkey on FTN. Uh, just that's just that's just a cat that I'm willing to miss on, man. Like if he if he gets pushed up. 107, 108 range because of the landing spot, like Green Bay. FCS wide receiver, really one-year production. I know he's an athletic freak. If he turns out to be the next Calvin Johnson and I pass on him, then I'm fine with it, man. I just, I, I'm just, I'm not all the way there. I'm seeing some people have him as wide receiver one, wide receiver two in this class. I can't get down with that, man. Even with the landing spot like Green Bay, North Dakota State wide receiver, first year in the league. Like he's one of those cats who I'll buy after year one. I'm just, I'm just not in, man. I'm, and I think this would be best case scenario for me. I would love for this to happen because I think he would start to get overvalued by the community. I'm good on Green Bay's Christian Watson, um, Arizona and Traylon Burks. I'm fine with it. Um, no Christian. I, I mean, I, I'm fine with it. I think that would not be good for Rondell Moore. If 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 Arizona takes Traylon Burks, I don't think that'd be good for Rondell Moore, and uh, the hype that some people still think that Rondell Moore uh, may bring this season. Kansas City with uh, Jahan Dotson, I love it. I think that's a great fit for him. Uh, interesting offensive scheme, right? Jahan Dotson, Juju, MVS, Travis Kelsey, just a weird cast of receivers to see how they would all fit in. But I do like that pick. And the Lions passing on quarterback at two, which I think is the smart move, probably taking. I haven't seen it, Jay. I'm assuming they took Kayvon Thibodeau um, at two. No, Icky. Did they take Icky? Trayvon Walker. 
Trayvon Walker. <laughs> Wolf, yeah. What a so, shit so it was, it was Hutchinson, and I like Walker, Hutchinson, man, Walker, and then Thibodeau went at three. Man, I don't know. If Detroit walked out with Trayvon Walker and Desmond Ritter, good luck. Like, that's just yikes. Desmond Ritter, 32. Mel Kuyper saying he's going first round. There goes round one. Round two, uh, we got Todd McShay selecting Brees Hall at 37 to Houston. So there you go. Houston gets their back. Um, Marlon Mack enthusiast, Rex Burkhead, whomever it is, David Johnson, it's over. Uh, you add Brees Hall. Who did Houston take in the first round? They took Kayvon Thibodeau with their first pick, and then okay. I believe it was Icky with their second pick. Man, Brees Hall with Icky on one side, Laramie Tunsil on the other oh, side. Oh, no, Charles Cross. Charles Cross. Charles That's who Cross. It was. So they get, they get, dude, come on, Jay. Come on, big dog. Come on, big dog. Houston solidifying their offensive line with Charles Cross and Laramie Tunsil. Then they've got Davis Mills. Then you add Brees Hall to the mix. Very good. I like what Houston is building. The Jets go with Kenneth Walker at 38. So there goes back-to-back running backs. Uh, RIP, RIP to what's his name? Michael Carter. He's out of the way. The Seahawks grab Matt Corral at 40. The Vikings, uh, woof. Ooh-wee, uh, the Irv Smith Truthers, man. They take Trey McBride at 46, top 50 pick. No Tyler Conklin, Irv Smith injuries. Uh, they go with Trey McBride. The Commanders take Sky Moore at 47. The New Orleans Saints like this pick, Sam Howell. They go Sam Howell, top 50 pick at 49 uh, to sit behind Jameis Winston. The Pittsburgh Steelers, I think it's a, it seems like it's a lock that your boy John Mechie is going to be a second-round pick. So Pittsburgh gets the Alabama wide receiver and John Mechie. The Buffalo Bills select George Pickens at 57 to give Josh Allen another target. The Green Bay Packers go back to offense, and they take the tight end out of UCLA, Greg Dolchich. The Kansas City Chiefs go back to the offensive side of the ball, and they select Alec Antoine Pierce, the wide receiver out of Cincinnati. So, you know, I think that the headliners, and this is why day two is going to be important. This is why y'all need to tap in on day two. Uh, Texans and Jets going back-to-back running backs off of the board within the first couple of picks of the second round. And then Seattle grabbing Matt Corral at 40. I love all three of those picks. I love Sam Howell to the Saints, you know. Still kind of iffy, but I think that's a good landing spot for Sam Howell. Buffalo taking Pickens seems like a redundant asset when him and Gabe Davis kind of do the same thing. Um, And Pickens, I don't really profile him as a slot guy, and I'm not sure if Gabe Davis played in the slot or not, but that's an interesting one. As well as the Packers going with Dolchitz when they have, uh, maybe they don't believe in Tanya long term, but we'll see how that works. You're trying to put, if, if I were a Green Bay fan and we walked out of the 2022 NFL draft with Christian Watson and Greg Dolchich, I would not be excited for uh, the future of, of that offensive passing attack. I think that'd be, I think, and, and this is no slight to these guys, but with the players that are on the board, I think this would be a shit of a draft if that's what they walked away with um, when they're trying to upgrade that offense, not really feeling that. All right, round three, and we'll talk about all these picks. Jacksonville goes, what? Did they do this? Is this what they, okay. Sort of back-to-back picks for the Jaguars. They're going to upgrade Trevor Lawrence with one Wandell Robinson and the aforementioned Calvin Austin. So, good luck piecing that together. You got Wandell, Calvin Austin, Travis Etienne, Christian Kirk, LaVisca Chenault, Evan Ingram. What a gross offensive weapon 
that no, just... it's just fun. It's all about Trevor Lawrence, right? He's, he's got to make his players better. He's got to make them better. Juan Dale, Calvin Austin, dynamic playmakers. Risca Chenault, <laughs> Christian Kirk. What a cast of receivers. Jacksonville's is... going places. Whew, all right. The Colts like this pick for Indy. They take Jalen Tolbert, the wide receiver out of South Alabama. I like that for Indianapolis. Uh, you get Michael Pittman Jr., running mate. Cleveland goes with Khalil Shakir, the wide receiver out of Boise State. The Arizona Cardinals select James Cook out of Georgia to pair with James Conner and compete with Eno Benjamin for that RB2 spot. The Dallas Cowboys in the third round select Bo Melton, the wide receiver out of Rutgers, has had a very good pre-draft process. I think he's a solid wide receiver, uh, better for the actual team than he would be for fantasy purposes. The Tennessee Titans select Vellis Jones, the wide receiver out of Tennessee. The Denver Broncos select Jelani Woods. That's Jasmine's favorite tight end. Big Jelani going to Denver at 96. At 97, we get another running back off the board, RB4 in the draft. The Detroit Lions select Isaiah Spiller. Huh. Oh, no. Interesting pick. Interesting pick with Detroit. And the, the commentary is the Lions have more pressing needs, but this is really good value for Spiller here. And remember, DeAndre Swift has yet to play a full season in the NFL. That's not my words. These are the words of Todd McShay. Isaiah Spiller to Detroit in the third round. The Browns select Isaiah Likely in the San Francisco 49ers, who apparently will be trading away Debo Samuel in the coming days, select everybody's favorite analytical wide receiver darling, David Bell, the wide receiver out of Purdue. So, all right, let's just talk through round three real quick. Wandell, Calvin Austin, Jalen Tolbert, Khalil Shakir, James Cook to Arizona. Uh, we're not going to mention Bo Melton to Dallas or Tennessee taking Vellis Jones. Jelani Woods in Denver. Isaiah Spiller to Detroit. David Bell to Frisco. What do you think about, uh, and Isaiah likely to Cleveland, another tight end. They just bring, they bring David and Joku back. They have Harrison Bryant, and they spend a third-round pick on Isaiah Likely. Um, this is just interesting. So what do you think about the third round of this one? I mean, I think we have to start with Isaiah Spiller, right? And what that would mean for DeAndre Swift, what it would mean for Isaiah Spiller, because I think in a lot of ways, it just kind of tanks both their value. What we think Isaiah Spiller could be probably isn't going to be with DeAndre Swift there. And what we think DeAndre Swift could be isn't going to do that with Isaiah Spiller there because they are both very good at what they do, but their complementary roles would be eaten up by the other guy, right? So that would be a dope tandem for the NFL purposes, but for fantasy, it's just not great. Um, Victor was saying in the comments, Kenneth Walker went to the Jets, right, at 38. Um, but yeah, for me, it's it's Spiller here in the third round. I don't mind, you know, looking at James Cook in Arizona. I think there could be a role there. I'm not sure how that fits in with Wandell, with not Wandell, Rondell Moore, right? Because I think they do kind of the same things and what they could do in that offense. But it's all about Isaiah Spiller in the third and kind of how he would look in that Detroit offense um, with Desmond Ritter at the helm. Don't forget that part too, right? Like for the future would be Isaiah Spiller, DeAndre Swift, Amon St. Brown, TJ Hawkinson, and Ritter. Isaiah Spiller and Desmond Ritter, which is interesting. You know, maybe some it's- RPOs in there. It's interesting i don't love it though i'm i'm fine with it i mean ultimately ultimately swift would still be the guy i think it is insurance jamal williams is not good i mean i don't know if you watched him run the ball last year jamal williams is just not good um he's, and he's not good he's, but he's not terrible he, i didn't he's say he was terrible. terrible i didn't say he was terrible he's just not good he's just not yeah. good 
I think it would be fine. Like, I think that'd be fine. I think Swift would still get his. Swift would still be a beast. And you know what it would remind me of? Like, the backfield tandem? It would remind me of, if y'all are old enough to remember about, I don't know, was it three, five, six years ago, when Atlanta had uh, Devonta Freeman and Tevin Coleman. Like, Freeman was still, like, RB, like, Oh, really? The I'm surprised five. you go that way. Yeah, it's because I'm for, talking for about me, it's not it's not about play style, it's how they would be used. De- Devonta Freeman was still one of the top fantasy running backs and Tevin Coleman was like flex option and best ball he was really good because he would have those weeks where Freeman got a lot of work but Tevin Coleman caught a couple of passes, scored a few touchdowns. Like they were both still usable and they both kind of did the same thing. Um I wouldn't be as concerned. I think it's really good for like real life football. And I don't think it would be as shitty for fantasy as we think. Swift would still be the guy. Spiller would be a complimentary role guy that would get his that would get his touches here and there. Um, and if Jared Goff is still playing quarterback and maybe even Desmond Ritter, it's going to be tons of checkdowns to go around. So I think both of those guys would be fine with with DeAndre Swift still being uh, the primary ball handler, and I, I wouldn't worry about it. But these picks from Detroit, if that's what Detroit walked out of, is is, you know, Desmond Ritter and and who else did they get in the second round? Was it Ritter in the, like, just, it just wouldn't be, it just looks gross. But I'm not as concerned about Spiller and Detroit with DeAndre Swift at all. Yeah, like, I, I think um, where I, my head goes immediately is actually to New Orleans, right, with Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara. And it's it's a very high-end comp, obviously, because both those guys were RB1s four seasons. But the reason why I kind of make that comparison is because Dan Campbell is actually on the staff, right? It's not like it wasn't – he has firsthand experience yeah. having both these guys in tandem. And so I think for him, if this was a, the direction they decided to go, it, it does kind of make sense. I think he would know how he would utilize both those guys. And Spiller probably would end up being the primary running back and then playing the Mark Ingram role. And then you would have DeAndre Swift as the complement. Now, I think it would be more what we see now where Kamara is kind of a primary rusher, but still a primary receiver as well. And then you have another guy coming in and spelling carries. But that's kind of where my head's at, knowing Dan Campbell is on the staff playing, um, coaching in New Orleans. And I could see it being a spot that's not too bad. Isaiah likely. I don't I don't know how I feel about his spot yeah. either. And the the third round receivers were not what I would ex- what I was expecting. Mm-hmm. But David Bell in San Francisco is intriguing because they don't have a ton of talent there. You know, they have Brandon Ayuk, they have Debo Samuel, they have George Kittle. If Debo Samuel leaves, I'm not gonna get into vacated targets, but there should be opportunity there to to some extent, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, for I sure. think that Brandon Ayuk, yeah. I think Brandon Ayuk would soak up a lot of what Debo Samuel did from a usage perspective. I think they do a lot of things the same, obviously not at the same level, but I think that's the guy you'd probably peg to fill that role unless somehow they found a guy that could do that because it's not going to be David Bell, but you know, maybe a Jawan Jennings replacement type of guy. Vic, yes, I feel you, big dog. I'm a big, I'm a big Jawan Jennings fan. So I'm like, I'm, I'm like, let Debo walk. Let Debo get traded. <laughs> Let's go Jawan Jennings. So I could lap a little bit. I, I like Jawan Jennings. Yeah, you're talking. Juwan James is a, is a great pick. You know, they have Trent Shurfield, but I, I think they probably need a third guy just to add to that Trent offense Shurfield. to make it more deserved. They're, hey, man, I don't know how they find these guys, but they find their way into roles in the offense, and it so happens to work out. But I could see them maybe trying to get a slight upgrade with a little more production, and David Bell could be a guy who could do that for them. Yeah, no, um, no, Damian Pierce, no, Zamir White. Um, no, who else? Who are who are also all these other Brian favorites. Robinson is another B. guy. Rob wasn't on the is third. another guy that's not on the list. Uh, yeah, and these this is you know these are their combined they're they're combining forces, combining powers, 
And this is what they thought for three rounds. So my big question to you, because I saw somebody, uh, yeah, yeah, Patrick, I don't know what the hell Jay Rich is talking about with, uh, uh, oh, the disrespect interrupting Jay Rich when he's on his run about uh, Trent Sherfield. I, I I don't think Jay really believed that one. He just he's just throwing shit out there with that one, Trent Sherfield. But Jay, real real talk though, man. Somebody said if Kenny Pickett goes to Pittsburgh, he should be one hundred and one, like Superflex one hundred and one. What do you think, Kenny uh, Pickett in Pittsburgh? Are you starting to is the is the negative Kenny Pickett feedback starting to seep into your soul as well? Are you starting to be a little concerned about Pickett and what he could be at the next level? There's a lot uh, no, of talk. Actually. There's a lot of talk about him right now, man. There's a lot of lot of Kenny Pickett hate going on, right? It went from Kenny Pickett love to Kenny Pickett hate. And now it's weird. What, what's going on? No, actually, I'm not. I'm not too concerned with Pickett at all. I think I just need him to go to a good offense. Where I think if you put Malik in a bad offense, I think he can kind of overcome it a little bit more if the coaching works out and he does hit and he develops all those types of things. Right? Kenny Pickett, you want him to go to a place where he can really just be a quarterback, sit back and deal. Yes, he can run and move a little bit, but ultimately that offensive line is still terrible. So we'll have to see yeah. what they did. I know they they brought in like Arizona's backup center who was god awful to try and fill some gaps in there it's just not a great situation yes they do have the pieces in place but we don't know whether those pieces will be able to overcome that bad offensive line and how they ultimately try and fix that problem I also don't know how I feel about Matt Canada overall there was a lot of hype about him last season but now it's kind of like he didn't do the best job the offense didn't look very good the team didn't look very good and everyone just blamed it on Ben Roethlisberger but I don't necessarily think it's entirely his fault and so you bring in another quarterback there how does he ultimately look I don't know. I don't mind Pickett there. Again, at least he has pieces in place that can help him win ball games. He'd have John Mechie, he'd have Deontay Johnson, he'd have Chase Claypool, and he'd have Najee Harris and Pat Fryermuth. That is, you know, arguably maybe a top 10 from a talent perspective group in the NFL. I think there's just a lot of talent there, but you still need that quarterback to deliver the ball and be on time and understand the offense. And we hope Pickett can be that, but we don't know Pickett could be that. That's my only fear. I think the talent is there, but if he gets drafted really high to be the guy right away, I think that's the problem. But I believe, though, there is a world where if they do take him that high, Mitch Trubisky does yeah, start the season, and then yeah. Pickett could come in in the middle of the year. I'm with you. I don't think he's starting right away. I think if they draft Kenny Pickett, he's going to sit the bench. He's going to ride behind Mitch Trubisky for a little bit, right? Whether that be the entire season, whether that be half of the season, whether that be three-quarters of the season, I don't think Pickett comes in to play. The, the, the interesting thing about this mock is I think all five of the quarterbacks, all five of the quarterbacks hit ideal landing spots. I really do. You get you get Malik Willis in Carolina and good chance that Matt Rule's not the head coach after next season, right? Yeah. So you, you've got DJ Moore. You've got a wide receiver signed long term. You do mm-hmm. have a running back in Christian McCaffrey that unless they trade him and somebody else wants to take on that contract, he's on the roster. Uh, with Kenny Pickett in Pittsburgh, you've got weapons in Deontay Johnson and Najee Harris and Pat Fryermuth. In New Orleans, with Sam Howell going there as a top 50 pick, you've got Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara and a good team around you, right? You've got a good team. Dennis Allen was there through the Sean Payton years. So, you know, I, I don't I don't hate that landing spot. Matt Corral in Seattle, that's the one that I like personally. I think Matt Corral would beat out Drew Locke sooner rather than later. Don't really know what the hell is going on with Pete Carroll. Right now, as we stand today, they still have DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett and George, uh, not George Fant, uh, Noah Fant. That's still good pass-catching weapons around Matt Corral. And then say what you want about Desmond Ritter. 
if he's asked to game manage that thing with that offensive line, with Jonathan Taylor, with Michael Pittman Jr., learning behind Matt Ryan for a year in a division that's not necessarily strong outside of Tennessee and we're thinking Houston can build something, I think all five of those quarterbacks hit landing spots that should make them in Superflex formats top 15 rookie draft picks. Like just from the value, I think all of those guys should be somewhere inside the top 15. I don't know if you want to take any of them 101 or 102, but I don't think any of the five quarterbacks, if these are the landing spots and the draft capital, right, all of them got 50 and lower draft capital. Like all of them were top 50 picks. Yeah. Pretty that, That's about all you can ask for. And the last time we played this everybody sucks game with the quarterbacks, uh, we missed out on a couple of really good ones. So somebody's going to be good from this group. One of these guys or two of these guys are probably going to be pretty solid. One of them probably absolutely terrible. Uh, I think these are is about as ideal landing spots as you can get for the quarterbacks, and it also makes sense for the teams drafting these players. Um, kind of interested to see Tennessee not dive into the quarterback pool. Uh, for as many Ryan Tannehill shares as I have, I would be happy about that. Like, just keep rolling out Air Tannehill for a little bit longer. Uh, but I think all five of these quarterbacks with these landing spots should be top 15 picks in super flex drafts. But I want to ask you real quick, Jay, before we get out of here, Debo Samuel in the rumors, we should just do a, tr- a show of just straight rumors, just fake, spread fake news propaganda across YouTube. What are your thoughts about Debo and everybody saying that like they're probably going to deal him, a good chance that he's dealt, he doesn't want to be there, he's getting death threats, he's wiped, it's like he's come out and pretty much, or at least representatives or people close to him are saying that he wants a fresh start. What do you, what do you make of this whole situation and does this any way impact how you view um, what what's the fallout? How do you view Trey Lance? Is this a good thing for George Kittle? Uh, is it great for Brandon Ayuk, or is it better for? Does this give Trey Sermon some hope that maybe they just rely on the run more? And you know, Elijah Mitchell hasn't been able to stay healthy for a long time, and they need to find somebody else. They only have two running backs on the roster right now. What's the fallout from this? And I'm with you. I don't think it's fake, man. I think Debo wants out, man. I think Debo wants out. He wants to be paid. I don't think San Francisco wants to pay him. I think he could be traded, man. I think he should be traded, honestly. I don't I think it's a foregone conclusion that he will be traded because for if it's me and I'm San Francisco, I don't really want to pay him either. You look at what they do with their wide receivers, and they've been pretty successful at just drafting guys later and developing them into the offense and finding guys who just fit. You talk about who is it an upgrade for? It's an upgrade for everybody. Running backs, wide receivers, doesn't matter. You take the most dynamic player in the offense, the guy who sees the most touches in the offense out of it and onto another team that's going to raise the floor of everybody out there whether that's george kittle brandon Ayuk, whoever is the wide receiver two wide receiver three the running backs like it could be good for everybody out there but you know who it's not good for it's not good for debo like i'm sorry but i just don't think that any other coach outside of maybe mike mcdaniel could use debo as effectively as kyle shanahan can and maybe i'm foolish for thinking that but the way he succeeded in that offense i just don't believe anybody who's paying a wide receiver 30 million dollars a year is going to play him at running back when you're paying him you know a million dollars a million and a half to be a wide receiver because you drafted him in the third round then sure play him at running back the same way that you run those running backs out there you don't care if they get hurt you don't care how much you use them that's what you do. But when you're trying to pay a guy $30 million a year, and that's what he wants to be in this offense, I think he's got to be out. I, I just don't think they'll utilize him in that way. And and personally, I don't believe he's worth the same amount as as DJ right. Moore. I don't yeah, think he's I'm worth the same you. amount as DK Metcalf. I don't think he's worth the same amount as AJ Brown. I think those guys are true 
alpha outside receivers. And I'm not trying to say Debo's a gadget guy because he's still really talented. But I don't right. think he demands the same value because the way he succeeded is not the way these guys that are getting paid succeed. And so he's kind of has to fit that niche role within an offense that isn't conducive to a $30 million contract. He can just step on an offense and thrive. That's just how I see it. So I think he's going to be traded for sure. I just don't think San Francisco wants to pay him or will pay him whatever the hell he wants for his contract. And I, I agree with Dalton, man. I don't think I don't think he likes doing that wide back Why shit either. Like I, I and I don't think Kyle Shanahan cares what he likes. Like if he calls the play, that's what they're gonna do. Like I don't, and I think it's dirty, man. It's a dirty game. I'm sure, like they think uh, the San Francisco front office probably thinks, like, man, we're pounding this dude into the ground. We can't commit thirty five plus million dollars to a wide yep. receiver who played his first. You know, this was Debo's first healthy season since his senior season at South Carolina. Like, this was his yep. first healthy season. Um, it was a great season. I think he's a phenomenal player. But if a team trades for him, they're going to have to pay him. I'm seeing Kansas City, Chargers. Like, they have to be confident and comfortable paying, you know, 26-year-old Debo Samuel, who's been – I'm not saying he's, he's – he, this was – I'm just speaking fact. I'm not talking about if he's injury-prone or not. I don't know that. I don't – I'm not qualified to say someone's injury prone, but this was his first healthy season since his senior year in college. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know. I think this is for real, for real. I don't think this is gossip. I don't think it's a smoke screen. This seems like it could get real nasty real quick, man. So I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping if he does get moved, he gets moved to a good spot. Like I'd hate to see him go to the Jets or or something like that. I would love to see him. You know, if you're Kansas City, would you give up one of your first round picks for Debo Samuel straight up? Yeah, I would. I think that's would. A, I think that's a perfect thing to do. I mean, the problem is though is the contract. It's not it's not whether or not he's he's worth the pick. It's can you afford to pay him? And that, that's the real issue here. I can't believe when you really think about it, Miami traded all this draft capital for Tyree Kill because if you're San Francisco, that's kind of what you want to return, right? Like Debo's, I believe, younger or close to the same age, similar yeah, production. He just turned 26. Just turned 26. Right? So he's not super old, but again, I, I don't think any team's going to trade for Debo Samuel knowing his injury history and what he produced with knowing you have to pay him $30 million on top of that. So that's that's kind of the issue that I'm finding myself in. Um, I think he does get traded. Who that suitor is, I don't know. And we may be looking at a holdout situation, honestly. Like, I think AJ Brown's going to get paid. I think DK's going to get paid because teams want to pay those guys. I think Debo is the odd one out where no one really wants to pay him that much. And again, if you have no trade suitors, then he's kind of just stuck there in San Francisco. Super chat from Marlon. Bring on Joe and or Jasmine as special guests for an episode. Hashtag bring on Joe. All they, they know where to find me. Get at me. We'll bring them on. Bring their crazy asses on here so we can talk some shit early in the morning and, and piss everybody off in the chat. Not especially Jasmine. Joe's Joe's a little more tame. Jasmine is wild, man. Bring them on. I'll take Jay and Jay. We can get it. We can get it popping. Jay. Jay and Jay Rich. There we go. Three J's. JJ and Jay Rich. Sure. We can make it happen. All right. We got another one from Brandon. I took over a terrible orphan Debbie team. That's mistake number one. The only real asset I had was Herbert. I teared down for Fields, Mooney, and a 2023 rookie and a Debbie first. Uh. Mm. Yeah, man. Brandon, come holler at me later. Uh, yeah. Patreon.com forward slash all gas. 
yeah, I probably wouldn't have done this. Um, mm. are, are you asking for some, um, are, are you asking me, should you tear down? Or you are, are you telling me you tear down the Fields Mooney in a 2023 rookie in Debbie first? I had the Debbie first to be all right, but I don't think I would have made that move. I don't think I would have tear down from Herbert to Fields Mooney and some hopeful rookies. I don't think I would have done that. All right, Rico Stone, Rico Stone. If Mayfield finds his way to Carolina or Seattle, how many tiers would DJ Moore and DK fall? Baker and... Zero. I, I'm Zero. Not, I'm not out on Zero. Baker, man. I know Zero. He's, he's, an, he's, he's a dick. He's all, I'm not out on Baker Zero. Mayfield, man. I don't think they would fall any. I don't think they... Zero. Uh, who would you, I'm just asking, would you rather have Baker Mayfield or Kenny Pickett? Honestly, give me Baker Mayfield. I'm I'm being dead serious. Like, give me the experience at the quarterback position over a rookie. And I think I think that's not ridiculous. I just think it didn't work out in Cleveland. Yeah, man. I don't, I'm I think I'd rather have Baker Mayfield too. I think I'd rather have Baker Mayfield too. I think I would. I know it feels dirty. It feels gross. I think I'd rather have Baker Mayfield over Kenny Pickett. James, what's up, big dog? Yes, we are going to do a Q&A show. We were supposed to do it today, and then I completely just said, no, we're not doing it. We're going to do this. So, yes, we will do a Q&A. We want to do it tomorrow? Want to just Q&A it tomorrow, Jay? Yeah, let's do it tomorrow. tomorrow? All right, right, we'll Q&A it tomorrow, James. Jay Wack in the building. What's going on, What's good, Jay Wack? Shout out Dynasty Nerds, Jay Wack. Larry, talk to you in a minute. Text me today, bro. Text me today. I miss you. Miss you, Jay Wack. I was thinking about you yesterday, and I had a message typed up, and then I don't know why I didn't send it, but hit me up, man. I miss you. Uh, All right, y'all. Baker boys, baby. All right, all right, all right. I appreciate y'all tapping in. Jay Wack in the house. Baker Mayfield over Sam Darnold. Easy. I'm with you, Jasmine. Um, Celebs throwing their money around. All right, all right. Well, we appreciate y'all tapping in. Like we said, we're doing an NFL draft stream. Uh, night one, wake up. We will do it. I will do it on Friday morning by myself. Joe and Jasmine, if y'all want to come on, holler at me. We'll get y'all on. We'll get y'all on for uh, the Friday post-round one NFL draft stream. Tomorrow, Q&A, whatever y'all have, drop it in the comments. Uh, Tell us what you want to talk about. Whatever questions you have, hit us up. We appreciate y'all. Be great on this hump day Wednesday, and we'll be back tomorrow. We out. Peace. (laughs) 